What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Red Letter Podcast. This is Hunter again with you today. If this is your first time listening in this podcast, I try and go over and dive into and study the red letters or the words of Jesus Christ himself. I like to look into the Bible and the words that Jesus says because I think that it paints a great picture of who God is and it also tells us of who we should be as well. And that's kind of what we're diving into today in this episode is just some of the ways, one way in particular exactly, that Jesus tells us to live. But before we get into the episode and start talking about it, I just want to say real quick how God's been really good in my life here lately. Um, a lot of good things happening, uh, one of them being this podcast, different things going on in my family and stuff like that, but also some prayers that have been answered. And for those of you that have a situation that you feel like you need God to intervene in, I hope and pray that you continue to pray and seek God in it because I know that God answers those prayers. If it's something that is in His will, if it's something that will glorify Him, I know that God will answer those prayers. Um, So keep on praying, keep on pushing, and keep on seeking Him because He's an awesome God and He does awesome things. And keep bringing your issues to Him. Keep bringing the things that, that you need to Him because Jesus is an answer of prayers and He's one that makes a way for us. Sometimes it might not be exactly the way we think. Sometimes it might take a little bit longer than we expect. But I know Jesus and I know that He answers prayers because He loves you. So on the last episode... We talked about how Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets. He accomplishes their purpose. He gives us righteousness as a free gift of salvation through his death and his resurrection. Now, while as Christians we're no longer bound to the law, we are called to live a life like Christ. 1 John 2, verse 6 tells us in the Bible, Whoever says that he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So how do we do that? How do we walk like Jesus? Well, first off, we have to know how Jesus walked. We have to study the life of Jesus. We also have to study his teachings. And the next few sections, uh, the next few episodes are going to be about how Jesus interprets the law and how he walks out the law. So let's see how we can walk with Jesus. Here we are in the scripture, chapter Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, he will hand you over to an officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Alright, so like I said, this is how Jesus is interpreting the law. Jesus takes the Jewish belief from the Ten Commandments, the law that says one should not commit murder, And he takes it even further. He takes the command that says you must not murder. And he says you must love. Now love isn't actually 
said straightforward in this verse, but this is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. We'll see later on in the teachings of Jesus how Jesus says that there are two commands. The greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is equally as important. It is to love your neighbor as yourself. And all of the commands, all of the teachings of Jesus line up with these two commands. So, like I said, he calls us not to be angry with people, but to love people. And we can see Jesus living out this law in the way that he loves us. And he calls us to love others the same way. As I had mentioned on the last episode, the Pharisees had followed the law, but they had followed it only in a way that it changed their behavior. The new covenant that Jesus is bringing in is allowing the laws to be written on our hearts to change us from the inside out. So while the Pharisees wouldn't commit murder, they weren't allowing their hearts to be changed in a way that they weren't angry towards other people. In fact, they justified their anger in many cases because they could say, well, I didn't break the commandment. Now, anger is something we deal with a lot. It's something that every human struggles with, and I think that's why Jesus brings it up and thinks it's a pretty good importance. From the beginning of time, anger has been present in the lives of humans. Jesus says, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. That means we're all subject to judgment because we've all been angry with someone. And while anger sometimes presents itself in our actions, it's rooted in feelings and thoughts. So while anger sometimes makes us go crazy, sometimes it makes us act a certain way, it starts as a thought and a feeling. A lot of times it's kind of a frustration that that we feel that, that turns into anger. But at the end of the day, I feel like anger is more so about our selfishness than it is anything. When we get angry, if someone interrupts our schedule, we get angry if someone cuts us off in traffic, we get angry if at the restaurant that we go to someone puts tomatoes on the burger when we ask for no tomatoes. The anger is often self-centered about the way that we feel and the way that we see things, not the way other people are behaving. While we may get angry because of their behavior, we're more angry because of the way that their behavior affects us. Again, very selfish. Now you probably sit here and you're you're thinking, you know, obviously anger and murder are two different things. They don't exactly equal out. You know, if I'm angry at someone, it doesn't take away their life. Or if I murder someone, they're gone. But Jesus says here, even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. He puts it on the same playing field. Because while God does care about our actions and the way we behave, he cares more about the inside of us, the things that are inside of us and how they come out of us. So if Jesus is viewing anger as something of importance, something that is on the same playing field with murder, as Christians and as followers of Jesus, we have to view anger in the same way. Now, something that I've mentioned on the previous episodes, We often want to talk about Jesus' grace and how he forgives us for our sins and how he makes a way for us. And while all those things are true, we also have to address the parts where Jesus speaks directly towards us about things that we don't feel comfortable dealing with. We can't ignore Jesus' teachings on these things and then accept the gospel of good news and forgiveness. They both go together. It's so important. And I feel like it's something that's missed so much in modern-day American, quote-unquote, Christianity. 
we have to root ourselves in Scripture. We have to feast on the words and feast on His words as we seek to live a life like Christ. We can't live a life like Christ if we don't know how Christ lived. It just doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. In order to live a life like Christ, we must first know how He lives. And we learn how He lives through the Scripture. So I'm begging you to make this a priority. I myself have lived for many years not being disciplined in studying the Bible, not reading Scripture. And it really affected me in a way that we allow the world to kind of shape its way around us and shape our thinking. But when we're diving into Scripture, when we're reading the words of Christ, it changes the way that we see things. It allows us to see things similar to the way that He does. It allows us to allow our lives to be transformed by the Spirit and through His Word so that we can live a life that is different from the world. As Christians, our lives aren't to look the same as the world's. Now let's get back on topic here. We're talking about anger. The world views anger as something that is okay. The world views anger as something that just happens. And while it is something that every human is going to struggle with, even myself, and I'm sure even you that's listening today, it's something that Jesus views as important. So how can we take this teaching here and apply it to our lives? We'll talk about that here a little bit more as we wrap things up later on. But like I said, we can't continue to live a life where we don't understand or have no desire to read the scriptures and take them for what Jesus is saying. So back to the scripture. Verse 23 says, If you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So for us, that's not something that really resonates with us as much because, you know, we don't go and present sacrifices. Now, in the last episode, we talked about the law, and sacrificing was part of the law. God included sacrifices in the law as kind of a foreshadowing, I believe, to show that the only way that our sins could be covered is through death. And while the Jewish people would sacrifice lambs or whatever it is they're sacrificing. As Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice and that his sacrifice covers all of our sins. So essentially what Jesus is saying here, he's talking to the Jews here, and he's saying that before you are to worship God through sacrifice, before you are to bring a sacrifice and ask for forgiveness, you must first go and reconcile a relationship with someone else. If you have someone that has something against you, it's your responsibility to mend that relationship, to go and make it right with them, because God holds our relationships with others at high value. Now, if you love God, you are to worship Him. But we cannot truly worship Him without loving others. Truly loving God leads us to loving others. And looking back at episode 2, we talked about being the salt and light of the world, and this is how we do just that. We have to mend relationships with people. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we just want to be angry. And that is sinful. By treating others the same way that Jesus treats us, we can follow this teaching. He forgave us, knowing that we would turn, knowing that we would run, knowing that we would hide. He forgave us, knowing that we would sin, and sin, and sin, and sin some more. But he continued to give his life for us, despite knowing what he knew. 
For some people, the world would probably tell us that they don't deserve forgiveness. But in Jesus' eyes, every soul that he created is loved. And in the same way that Jesus would go to the ends of the world to show us his love, we must do the same for others. We will continue to see many of Jesus' teaching revolve around loving others because it's important. And we have to view it as important as well. In verse 25, Jesus goes on to say, When you are on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be set free until you have paid the last penny. The example that Jesus gives here shows us that we must persistently seek to right the wrongs. We must continue to chase after relationships, the same way that Jesus chases after us. Even when... We're being brought to court up to the final seconds. We must seek to mend that relationship. We must seek to right the wrongs. We can't have the attitude of, oh, you know, well, I tried, but they don't want to hear it. We can't have the attitude of, oh, you know, I sent them a text message and uh, they just left me on red, so it's whatever. We can't have the attitude of the balls in their court. We'll just have to wait and see. Because Jesus doesn't have that attitude towards us. Now, earlier I gave some examples of why people get angry. You know, getting cut off in traffic, someone gets your order wrong at a restaurant or whatever. And while some of those are very silly, they're very real for a lot of people. But there's also anger that comes in different forms. Something that's less about something so silly and more about something pretty serious. Not too long ago in the news, there was a story. There was a story about a little girl who was missing and uh, they were searching for her and didn't know where she was. Not too long after that news story broke, they found the child. They found some remains in the wilderness, and they matched the DNA. Not too long after that broke, the story came out that she'd been murdered. There was a guy who was working, hit the child, threw her in the back of the vehicle, and dumped her off in the wilderness. As a father, of a daughter that's something that really struck me something that you know really bothered me because I would hate to see something like that happen to such an innocent child the child had done nothing wrong the child had done nothing to deserve being treated anywhere close to that way but it happened there's nothing that anyone could do to rewind time to stop it from happening now, if something were to happen to my daughter in that way, could I shake the dust off? Would I be able to get over it? Would I be able to get past that and get over the anger? I'm not sure right now to say that I could. One of the family members of the girl, uh, the grandfather to be exact, came out and made an announcement. The announcement is something that blew me away. In an article by the New York Post, the grandfather stated, If you stood that man before me right now, because of the hate that's trying to root itself in my mind, I would probably kill him. Then that hate would root itself in my heart, and I would be destroyed. This flesh, this man that I am, is angry, and I want five minutes alone in a cell with the psycho that took our granddaughter away from us. But there's a soft, gentle voice the back of my head telling me that I need to forgive him. I imagine that it was the very passage that we just read today. This is what Jesus is talking about here. 
In the world's view, this man would have every right to be angry. In many Christians' view, this man would have every right to seek revenge. But nowhere in Jesus' teachings does that match up. Jesus isn't telling us to control our actions. He isn't telling us, don't go kill that person. He's inviting us to allow his spirit inside of us to change our hearts. The man in this story, not only did he not commit murder, but he showed mercy. And he offered forgiveness in a way that only comes when Christ lives in us. This is being the salt and the light of the world. When this first came out, I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. There's no way someone could be that way. There's no way that someone could just forgive someone for doing something so wrong. How could they? And I came to the conclusion that the only way that this could happen is through Jesus. To the world, this seems crazy. But to Jesus, this is what he wants. At the end of the day, anger is a choice. We choose to be angry or we choose to forgive. This is how we must approach situations. When we get frustrated, when, when someone comes at us, we can choose to be angry at them or we can choose to forgive them. God chose to forgive us. Even though he had every right to punish us, God calls us to follow his example. Ask yourself, how do you deal with anger? What causes you to get angry? Is it someone? Is it something? Look inward and answer that question. Whatever your answer is, I want you to pray about it. I started off this episode talking about prayer. And prayer is powerful. Even the smallest details of your life, pray over them. When the moments arrive that trigger you to anger, pray. Pray for help making a decision to love and not to hate. To forgive and not to hold a grudge. Keep praying. And keep believing. I hope you enjoyed this episode today, and I hope you take this lesson and you take the story of this man that we spoke of today and think on it. Is this the way you would behave if something happened? For a lot of you, the answer is going to be no. For me, I'm still not sure that the answer would be yes. But I know, without a doubt, this is exactly how scripture calls us to live. If you need anything or if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at redletterpod at gmail.com or go to the Facebook page and message me through Facebook. Like I always say, I may not have all the answers, but I know that through Scripture and through God, there's always a solution. Stay blessed.